Welcome to Evangelism on Fire. My name is Mark Thomas, a pastor, a teacher of the best-selling book of all time, your host, and most importantly, your evangelism coach. And each week, we bring you an on-fire message to empower you to live the most exciting life God has created you to live by actively sharing your faith in Jesus with others. I'm so thankful for our time together today. It's an honor spending time with you, Evangelism on Fire Nation. This will truly inspire you, and I believe it will inspire so many people that you know. So if you're enjoying this, make sure to share this link with a friend who needs to hear it. Just copy and paste the link on your podcast app you're listening to. And a quick reminder, click the subscribe button over on Apple Podcast right now to be notified on the Evangelism on Fire in the future. And leave us a rating and review as well if you enjoy this episode. Hey, Evangelism on Fire Nation. This is Mark Thomas, your host, coming to you today for our episode, episode 63. Look, you guys heard episode 62 with Jerry Howard. What an amazing episode. It was so good that I asked Jerry, hey, would you come back? Would you do another episode? And he said, yes, he would. So I am so thrilled to have Jerry back with us today. Look, we got such a great response uh, from the first episode you did. And I just want to thank you for coming back My to pleasure. do this episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first of all, Mark. Evangelism on fire. It has changed my life. It has made me more aware of how I can better participate in, 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 in God's plan for my life. It's more than just being the light. It's being willing to share that light. And evangelism on fire has given me the tools to be able to do that in a more effective way. So to be asked to come on board uh, twice now, I mean, that, it's a blessing to me. It's a blessing. It continues to be. Wow. Thank you so much for saying that. That just means so much to me. We're going to dive right in today. This is a question um, that I want our audience uh, to know. Uh, you gave us an introduction in a previous episode. We spoke a little bit about your family, your amazing wife, your children. And what I would love for Evangelism on Fire Nation to know is how many children do you have? We have four children. Uh, ages 17, 15, nine, and eight. So my 17-year-old's a girl, 15-year-old, uh, he's a boy. Uh, I have another girl that's nine and another boy that's eight. So if you remember, what last episode, we were talking about text messages. So as I'm reading those text messages, I had two more kids, two more. <laughs> so I've got two older ones in, in high school, one's about to finish high school, and two in elementary school. And they are all a blessing. In fact, here's something, but here's something that kept me reading those text messages. My children kept me reading those text messages from God, those verses, chapter one, verse one, the, you know, the book of Genesis. I, I kept reading those text messages because I wanted to be the kind of dad that God is. I didn't want to be the stingy guy from before and all that. I wanted to be the kind of dad that God, and you can see from the timeline, you know, that I've been saved a little over a decade and you can see the 17 year old and the 15 year old, they were getting kind of they were getting, getting kind of up there when I got saved. So you can see how important it was for me to, to read those text messages. And so if you've got kids, you have an obligation to be reading God's text messages every day. Just read one a day and 
And then, you know, and don't be afraid to share with your kids, share that text message, the one verse, the one chapter and verse per day. That is so, that's so good, Jerry. That's so good. I just got to jump in and just say, man, that is so powerful. It's such great wisdom, such great godly wisdom and advice to be given the parents that are listening right now. That's just so true. So true. Yeah. Not only is it true, it's just so powerful. And one thing I love about you, not only are you a godly man, you're a godly husband (laughs) and you're a godly father to, to your children. And I really, that just inspires me. So that's one of the things that I love about you. Well, thank you for saying that. And and again, you know, God's done some amazing things through me, but one of the things he did through my wife, who has been a Christian since she was younger, was he had her continuously pray for me to be saved. Yes. So my wife's prayers Cause you can, I mean, again, we've been married almost 20 years, but I've only been saved for a little over 10. So you can see how challenging those first 10 years might've been for her as someone saved praying that, you know, her husband would, would join the kingdom. And, And she recommitted to Jesus when I did, and then she got baptized when I did. So we've been on this walk together, but again, she gets a lot of credit for putting up with me the first 10 years. Yes. Yeah, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. So this next question uh, is just really so much on my heart. And I'm so excited to ask you this. In episode 61, which was an episode before, uh, you know, episode 62 that you first appeared on, uh, I gave the stat from the Barner Group study that says 94% of adult Christians made their decision, made the decision to accept the boom, to accept Jesus Christ as their savior before the age of 18. So when I heard of that stat, it made me wanted to ask you this question. Have you personally shared the gospel message with any of your children? I have definitely shared the gospel with them. Uh, In fact, Um, one of the ways that I did that early on was I took them to where the gospel was shared because I wasn't necessarily as a new Christian, I wasn't necessarily sure how to do that. And so I not I took not only did we take them to the local church, but we attended church. But there's these great camps called Vacation Bible School. And so my older children, when they were very young, you know, four, five, six, they got saved at Vacation Bible School. Mm. And I was there when they went to the stage and I watched them pray the prayer of faith. And I was so excited because, you know, and, and y'all know what a train wreck I was. Right. So it stands to reason that my children would be have some of those characteristics. And of course, they weren't doing all those bad things I was doing. But but I was worried that they would. And I knew that I didn't know how to be a good father. So I was like, Lord, you take these children, you raise them. I don't know what to do. And I just continually just use those text messages from God to guide them. And then when the two older teenagers got to what I would, I would, I kind of think of as an age of understanding. I then asked them again, Hey, are you hundred percent sure? Like, do you know where you're going to go when you die? Mm. Now my oldest child, she was sure. She said, yeah, I'm going to heaven. And I said, how do you know you're going to heaven? 
And I was trying to, I wasn't trying to bait her, but I was trying to like pull it out in, in depth. And I said, how do you know? And she said, cause Jesus is in my heart. She was convicted. I was like, boom, she, she shared the gospel with me practically. I was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but my, but my second child was not necessarily sure. He said, I'm not, I'm not really sure. You know, I don't understand how it works and his brain's wired a different way. So he likes to have some understanding, some explanation. So I asked him, I said, well, where do you think you're going to go? And he goes, I think I'm going to go to heaven. I said, how do you know? He goes, I'm not sure. I was like, all right, this is the opportunity, right? So now we know how to share the boom. We first start with a question. And so I asked him, I said, well, do you know Jesus? He said, I think I do. And I said, well, tell me who Jesus was. And he remembered, he said, Jesus died on the cross, went to hell. Three days later, rose from the dead. So he knew the facts, but he didn't have the heart of it. Mm. And I said, well, what does that mean to you? He says, you know, I don't really know. And I said, well, when he came back to life, he took the keys to death. So now when you die, you get to go to heaven. That's a guaranteed fact. All you got to do is allow Jesus to live in your heart and guide your steps every day. That's what you got to do. And I said, now, do you want to go to heaven when you, when you die? He said, I do. I said, all right, well, let's pray. And so we prayed the prayer of faith together. He repeated after me, he accepted in his heart. We were sitting in the driveway coming back from the gym together. Did you say you were sitting in, in the driveway? Yeah, we, we just pulled, we were talking about it on the way back from the gym. You know, he's kind of a quiet kid, so he's not going to, he's not going to talk as much as I do. So I ask him questions all the time. Whenever we were together, we were coming back from the gym, we were working out together. And if you've got kids, that's another thing. Kids don't spell love, L-O-V-E. They spell love, T-I-M-E. And you're not going to have the airtime with them when they're teenagers if you don't spend the time with them when they're kids. I'm going to tell you, like, I, I painted it as kind of a negative picture earlier, and I probably should have done better. But in the last episode, I said that I was a stay-at-home dad or I didn't have a job. And that was about an 18-month thing. It was actually a positive thing. See, God was working on me, but he also reinvigorated me into being that, that have that stay at home dad mentality. Right. Yeah. So in addition to taking them to elementary school, picking them up, going to doing this, making a sandwich, all the things I was spending time with them mm. because a man's role in the house is not just to go to work and come back and sit on the recliner or whatever. A man's job is to lead the family. And you can't do that if you're gone all the time. Yeah. And I understand you got job and work, make time, whatever parameters that you can carve out that time and do it intentionally. Talk about it. Talk about it upcoming. Hey, I'm excited about going to the gym with you. Can't wait to get that lift in, you know, that kind of stuff. My son plays football, so we like to lift together. Yeah. Right. When you do that, when they're young, they get excited about that and they'll be open to it when they're teenagers. And sometimes it'll, <laughs> sometimes you're going to think they're going to hate you. They don't hate you. They just don't understand why you're so parenty. You know, you're a parental <laughs> unit to them. They're, you're not a person. Yeah. Yeah. But so once you get that time, ask the question, Hey, where are you going when you die? Yeah. So you asked him that question and that question, I love the fact that questions are the new answer. I read that in a leadership book one time. Right. I can't remember what book it is, but um, one of the uh, leadership points is questions 
are the new answers. So you ask him that question. You pose that question to him. I call that question the big question. Where are you going when you take your last breath on earth? And through that question, it revealed to you that your son didn't know 100% where he was going to go. So you wanted to make sure he had that knowledge. And that conversation led to you um, leading him through the prayer of faith right in your driveway. So tell us a little more about that. Like, what was that? So what was that prayer like? I'm getting excited here. Oh, I was excited too. I was, I felt, I felt like the way I felt when I first shared the prayer of faith or or said the prayer of faith myself all those years ago. Uh, So I was pretty excited, hearts racing, you know, and I just said, well, if you want to go to heaven, then there's a way to do that. Are you excited about going to heaven? He said, yes. I was like, do you believe that there's a heaven and an eternity after this life that you can be a part of? He said, yeah, because, you know, remember, he had some training. I, we've gone to church and that kind of stuff. He's aware of these things, but he just hadn't come to that point where he said it in the age of understanding. And yeah. I'm so glad I asked, because if I hadn't asked him as a, as a teenager and I was relying on him praying the prayer of faith when he was little, then there might have been a big gap there. Mm. And I don't think he would have been lost. I think God would have sent somebody to, to, to get him. But then I would have lost the opportunity to share the boom with my son. Yes. I mean, what better blessing? And so I asked him, I said, all right, well, if you want to go to heaven and you want Jesus to forgive you, then repeat after me. And so then I said, father, thank you for bringing Jesus to us. And then he repeated, I said, I'm a sinner. I have sinned, fallen short and I don't know how to get that straight. I don't know how to fix that. Mm. He repeated after me. And I said, well, I believe in Jesus and I believe that Jesus died for me. And he repeated after me. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death. And that I can join him in that. And he repeated after me. And I said, Lord, thank you for sending your son for dying on the cross and for saving me and allowing me to join you not only in this life, but in eternity in heaven in Jesus name. Amen. Wow. That's so amazing. That is just absolutely beautiful. Jerry, let me ask you this, my brother, if someone is listening to this podcast right now, right this very second, you're driving in the car yeah, to work or wherever they're going. They're on the way to the gym, wherever they are at this very moment in time. And they haven't made a decision to follow Jesus. What's the number one thing you would share with them right now? Hmm. I think that no matter where you are, you need to know evangelism on fire nation. Hear, hear me on this. Okay. Me personally, I walk in I, every day. I walk in expectation of two things. I expect on a daily basis and, and, and just like anybody, you know, I get frustrated. I get mad. You know, things happen. I don't plan for, but I expect the enemy to attempt to get me to think that God's promises are not true. The enemy's trying to tell you that there's no heaven. The enemy's trying to tell you that Jesus wasn't real. But let me tell you this. 
There's a book out there, out there called Christianity for Non-Christians by James mm. Emery White. That is a great one to read. But in that book, he details why Jesus is true. But here's here's the, the best part of it. It takes more faith not to believe once you know those things. So that's why I'm here to share this with you is that if you don't believe in Jesus, you're actually exercising a different type of faith. It's a faith that that's not true. But the evidence is to the contrary. The enemy's goal is to make you think that what God said is not true. And if you know what God said and you believe that it's true, then you believe all of it and you believe all of the promises. And see, that's the other piece that I walk in expectation of is I expect God to prove his faithfulness by pouring out a blessing so big. There's not room room enough to contain it. Mm. You know, he says to bring all your ties into the storehouse. And my favorite part is that when it comes to money, you know, and I talked about that in this last episode, when it comes to money, God says to put him to the test. That's the only time he says that. Yeah. In fact, in the big 10, you know, the 10 commandments, God forbids you from putting him to the test. Right. But not with money. He Mm. literally says to give your 10% and see what happens. Like he's kind of like, you know, it reminds me of that kid when you were little and somebody's like, do it, see what happens. Right. Yeah. That's Malachi three ten and 11. If y'all want to look it up, but yeah, see what happens, right? Share the gospel with somebody, share the boom with somebody and see what happens. See what happens when you're sitting in the driveway and you ask your son the question. Yeah. See what happens and get this, get this. He, Money. Here's the other thing I love about the money piece. That's why I keep talking about this because so many people get hung up on money in church and and all the money. This I don't have the money. Money is the only time that God says He's going to rebuke the enemy for your sake. What? I'm gonna say it again. Money is the only time that God's going to rebuke the enemy for you. So if you trust in God with your money by doing what He says, then you don't have to worry about it. How many people listening to this podcast would love to not worry about money? Mm. Carve off 1% of it, 2%, 3%. Make a goal every month or every year to go up in percentages. Carve a percentage, give it to the church, give it to the charity, give it to where you feel led by God and share God's provision And he says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. In every other case, he says, you rebuke the devourer in Jesus name. So that's the beauty of this is you don't have to worry about money. How many people are worried about money? That's the thing. Everything else, you rebuke the devourer in Jesus name. And here's the thing. If you stand in faith in what God says, those promises, the promise of eternity, the promise of, of life, eternal and life here on earth. It's not just an eternity thing. It's a here on earth thing. God, God, I was, I was in a meeting yesterday with some, some, some strong Christian leaders in the community. Uh, and these are high level executives in, in, uh, in business around here. Um, you know, you think of a big company in this area and you'll know what I'm talking about. And, and she said, when, when it comes to God, God is continually molding you after you, after you accept Jesus, after you become part of his family, he's continually molding you for that next thing. He's got a job for you in eternity. Yes. 
He's got a job for you there. And here is where you learn. Here's the metaphor she gave. She said, we are in the womb on earth and God is is molding us, is growing us. And then when we pass away as a Christian, we pass away into eternity with the Lord in heaven. That's when we're actually born. Yes. This is just the temporary little things get you ready to here. Here's what you your job is to learn how to lay on the operating table. Mm. That's what you're here to learn. Yeah. Right. And, and, and here's the thing. If you stand in faith, the word says that the enemy will flee from you flee. Why? Cause it's a fearful being. Satan is a fearful being. He is the author of lies, right? So he can't stand in faith when you're speaking truth. He has to run and he will run. And, but with money, you only need to tithe. And speak God's words against the enemy's worthless attacks. Satan doesn't stand a chance. Again, he can't stand in, in he can't stand a fear, a fearful being cannot stand in faith. If you've ever spoken the words of faith to somebody, you can see how that changes them. Either they get mad and they, they walk off or they open up and that heart surgery begins. And yeah. that's your job is to be ready. So evangelism on fire nation, when it comes to money, when it comes to his people, his sons and daughters, which is you, God don't play. Mm. <laughs> God don't play. Talk to us and about that. <laughs> you got no reason not to let him bless you with the great life he planned for you. Just remember it's his show. Okay. It's his show. Seek him and you will find out what your path is. You know, I know I'm, I'm one of those types, man. I'm trying to carve my path. I'm trying to, trying to do that thing. God has a path. Your job is to figure out what it is, but it starts by laying on the operating table and being wide open, humble. God, take this life and do something amazing with it. Take my failure resume. And you got to play by his rules, right? God's got these rules. He's not trying to box you in. He's trying to give you an opportunity to understand how to be free. You know, and here's the metaphor I give to my kids when they they complain about the rules, right? I'm like, let's take a five foot bridge. Five feet from left to right. No big deal. That's plenty of space to walk on, right? We're walking across the bridge. Now, I'm going to put that bridge across the Grand Canyon (laughs) with no railings. Mm. The railings are God's rules. God, you got to play by his rules because without those railings, that five feet wide bridge is, I'm going to be crawling. I don't know what y'all are going to be doing. I, I, I don't have a fear of heights, you know, planes and stuff. That's fine. I don't want to fall into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. I can't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't share the boom if I'm splat, you know, in the Grand Canyon. So, but here's the thing. Once you throw some railings on that five foot bridge, it becomes plenty of room to walk. It's not even scary. Half the time you're going to have a seven year old hanging off the rail. It's like, Whoa, look at me, mom. I'm hanging off the railing of the Grand Canyon. I'm amazing. Because they got the railings, they got the boundaries. And it's the same way with your kids. When you explain God's boundaries to them mm. and help them understand the value, then you have an opportunity to give them freedom in life, to walk that path that God planned for them. Right? You got to know that, that God's path is found in his rules. So one of the things I tell my kids all the time, I said, if you don't know what God's plan for your life is, just start with the basic 10. 
Mm. Right. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. You know, don't put God to the test except with money. Don't put any other guys before him. Y'all know the 10. You can look them up. My point is start with the basic 10. Work on getting those right and see what happens. Doors are going to open. Telling you doors are going to open. Putting God first, accepting Jesus, doors are going to open. And when you're on his path, then you get to participate in this entire universe he's got going on here. And remember, he knows who you are. Mm. If, if right now your heart's pounding, you know that you need to give your life to Jesus. That's your indicator right there. You know it. You've been thinking about it for a while. You want to hear something crazy. Before I gave my life to the Lord, I was evangelized like at least seven or eight times before that. And, and I'm like, why didn't I? And I remember being nervous, you know, being scared. See, the, the ground had not quite been watered enough. Mm. So you might not save somebody sharing the boom, but it's not you that saves them. You might just be watering the ground. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have been ready for Matt and Elena Grotewald. I probably wouldn't even be in that room on a Sunday service if seven or eight other people hadn't watered the ground of my heart that was so hard. Cause I'm so tough, man. I grew up in the Springs. I'm hard, right? Man, we have to water the ground. Yeah. So you might be the water. Continue to pray, continue to be available. And remember, God knows who you are. It, here's, here's some scripture for you. Isaiah 43 verse one says to listen to the God who created you. He's the one who formed you and do not be afraid because he has saved you. So again, if you're like me in those six or seven times, somebody's trying to, to, to share the gospel, to share the boom and you're afraid, do not be afraid. He's already saved you. And remember he has called you by name, called you by name. And here's my favorite part. This is the last part of that verse. You are his. Yes. Evangelism of fire nation. Did you hear that? We are his, we are somebody. We are important. We are sons and daughters of the king of the universe. Yes. And he knows us. Gosh, how special is that, man? I get chill bumps every time I talk about you are his. When he says, you are mine. You are mine. You know, you're part of the armies of the Lord. Yes. You know, and again, the Marine, we, we want to fight some wars, right? So I found out we don't fight wars with with guns and and um, and swords and, and all that stuff you see on TV. We fight wars with faith and the word of God. And he wants to give you everything. He's given you his word. And through that, you're going to get everything you ever dreamed of. And, and, and don't be surprised when you get saved that those dreams you thought you had, that they start to change. Different things become more important to you when you want to participate in God's path for your life. That's the key is that when that path gets revealed to you, you get more and more excited. I knew I was supposed to be a leader of leaders 10 years ago. I remember seeing John Maxwell on a stage like, oh, I want to be like John Maxwell. Man, that guy's amazing. He's got 40,000 people in a stadium and they're all cheering for him. That's the thing. I'm not John Maxwell, but that vision that I had for my life of leading leaders, I'm walking that out today. I wasn't leading leaders in a, in a, co in a business coaching sense, uh, like a business until just three or four years ago. But God had me leading leaders right in my house. How? Because I led my family to church. Mm. And they are becoming leaders now. That's right. 
you know, my daughter's working on Notre, Notre Dame. They might offer her a full ride athletics and academics. She's got a 4.7 GPA, 4.8. I don't know what it is. It's something high. I thought it ended at four, but. (laughs) 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 Oh man. But I love being his man. When God said you are mine, I got chill bumps, man. Yes, I did too, man. I did too. Cause it's just, I stand in awe of that fact. I mean, so I'm with you, man. Hey, Jared, let me, let me just, let me say this, man. Evangelism on Fire podcast. I mean, we exist to empower and coach Christians who listen to our podcast to live the most exciting life God has created us to live by actively sharing our faith in Jesus with others. But you know, when you have an audience as big as what we have at Evangelism on Fire podcast, there may be some people out there who think that there are Christians. There may be some leaders out there who No, they're not Christians who are looking for a path to come to Christ. And typically what I do, you know, in God's word, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And that's what you so beautifully articulated throughout today's podcast. I typically in podcasts, by saying and leading people to Jesus through the prayer of faith. And I'm going to throw you a curveball. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm throwing you a curveball because I just feel like at this moment, you are the person to do that during this episode. So to all the people that are listening out there and they're not a hundred percent sure that they made the decision to follow Jesus as your son did in the driveway that day. Would you please take the time and lead whoever's listening now who's not 100% certain? Will you share the boom with them right here, right now, brother? Would you do the honor of that? I would, and it would be my honor. In fact, if you'll allow me a couple of minutes, I'd love to water the ground a little bit too. That's all right. Absolutely, brother. All right, so here's what the unsaved needs to know. If you're not, there's only two people. There's, there's sinners and there's people that have been forgiven. Right? So I want the non-forgiven, the unsaved, to know that God created you perfectly. You are not all those things on your failure resume. That's just things to make you unique. You were created perfectly for a reason. One of my favorite preachers says it like this. He says, if your destiny is to take out the trash, Right. Doesn't sound too awesome. If your destiny is to take out the trash and that's God's plan for you, then the trip from the kitchen to the dumpster will be the most amazing experience you could have ever hoped and dreamed for. It's like one of those movies where the kids, they, you know, they're like, hey, let's imagine we're somewhere and they jump in and the whole, you know, goes into color and everything's exciting. But that's right here waiting for you, literally right here in this time and in this place. In fact, my my devotional this morning I was reading, it reminded me that we have a great God, one who is universal, one who is eternal, and he is pure love. So whatever you think you know about love, God is the legit version of love. And you can have access to that in your life. You can feel that on a daily basis, because if you're unsaved, there's some darkness there. You're I know how it feels. 
I, sometimes we slip back into that too. Sometimes we feel that darkness, but we've got God's word. We've got those text messages. But remember, one-to-one, we have a God who cares about you. He forgives you. And he is speaking to you right now. Most importantly, though, he listens to you. So when you pray this prayer of faith, just know that he answers prayers. Now, the first step is to accept Jesus into your heart. I'm going to map it out for y'all real quick. The first step is to accept Jesus in your heart. Let him save you from darkness. Believe that he can do it and speak the words. Then make him the Lord of your life. So he saves, but then the Lord of your life is just doing what he said. You know, think of the medieval time, you know, the king, my Lord, all that stuff. Well, the Bible was written with that in mind, the Lord of your life. So in charge, and he is the Lord of all. And just do what he says. Remember, start with the big 10. Every time you screw it up, just ask for forgiveness and thank him for that forgiveness. Because as sure as I stand here today, both you and I will continue to miss the mark on a daily basis. But Jesus, he doesn't want perfection. He's got that cup. He doesn't want anything but for you to know who he is. And he starts, it starts by making a quality decision and never looking back. And here's the last thing. None of the blessings God had for me would have come to fruition if I had not joined him on this side of salvation. It's a, it's just a step across the threshold in darkness. I was headed for prison and early death. God has a great life for you, not only in eternity, but now today, but you have to cross the threshold. The door is wide open to joining us. You just have to ask. In Jeremiah 33, verse three, God commands us to ask him and he will reveal to us remarkable secrets, not just regular secrets. It specifically says remarkable. I mean, these are things that you do not know, but they are things to come. Now, evangelism on fire nation, saved or unsaved, anyone out there, I mean, who, who wants to know remarkable secrets? I want to know remarkable secrets. And listeners, remember, this applies to everything. It's just not business. It's not just faith. It's science. It's relationships. It's politics. It's art. You were perfectly made to bring those secrets to the world in all those areas. Remarkable secrets that we do not know. That sounds like a recipe for success in, in any situation as far as I'm concerned. And evangelism on fire. Tell your friends to join us. Those who are unsaved, come join us now. You won't regret it. So with that said, I think the first step is if you're driving, you do not have to close your eyes and bow your head. But say these words after me. Heavenly Father, I believe that you have a son who came to earth and died for me. I believe that I'm a sinner and that I'm separated from you because of that sin and darkness. But I believe that Jesus died and went to the cross or went to the cross and died, went to hell. And he took the keys to hell from Satan and rose from the dead so that I might live with you and have life and have it abundantly. So, Lord Jesus, I receive you into my heart now. I thank you for forgiving me. I receive my forgiveness and I'm excited to walk in life beside you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Evangelism on Fire Nation, to those of you who just said that prayer of faith, I want to congratulate you for making the biggest and the best decision, the best decision you will ever make in your life. Go ahead, 
for those of you that made that decision, go to our Evangelism on Fire website, evangelismonfire.com. Please let us know that you made a decision to accept Jesus as your personal savior. And what I want to do is I'm going to send you some free resources. I'm going to send you a book called Begin in a Bible. So you can take your first steps of your new faith journey with Jesus. And again, congratulations to those of you who made the biggest and the best decision of your life. And Jerry, my brother, I just want to thank you so much for doing these last two episodes. And thank you for just shining your light bright to all of our listeners around the world. And uh, your testimony is just so amazing. I thank you um, for your friendship. I thank you for all that you do for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bringing light to a world of darkness. You are making an impact. And brother, I love you and thank you again. It's my pleasure, Mark. And again, God gets the credit. I'm just trying to be that conduit. I thank you, though. And, you know, I'll tell I'll tell the listeners, too, if, if you have if you have quite first of all, if you said the prayer of faith and you're alone right now, that there, there's a Christian friend in your life. You know who they are. Might be the neighbor. They, they, they're like they invited you to church, who, whomever they are. So after you go to the Evangelism on Fire website, contact them. And see if they don't welcome you with open arms like you have never. You want to be part of a family that gets excited about about new members. This isn't like some initiation, like you're joining a fraternity. You got to drink a bunch of or whatever. This <laughs> is a, a family. Yes. We are so glad that you joined us. Yes. We want you. Go on my website. My website is Ephesians4u.com. You can read some stuff, but just go to the bottom, fill it out. Send me an email. Let me know. You know, let me know as well. Again, we want you. God wants you. He knows your name. He called you. You are his. Yes. Evangelism on fire nation. God bless you. Have a blessed day and have the best week of your life. And we will catch you in our next episode. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for your time with me today. It's been an amazing time. Make sure to join me for our next episode. Evangelism on Fire Nation, let's continue to get fired up, building our tribe of people so we can penetrate the darkness with light in our lost and searching world. Be a change agent and share our podcast with people who want to take part in taking the boom, the gospel message to others. Remember to invite at least one friend to listen to our next episode with you sharing is caring make sure to click the subscribe button over on apple podcast right now to be notified on the evangelism on fire in the future and be generous and show us some love by leaving us a rating and review if you enjoy this episode may god continue to bless you big time have the best week of your life make sure to join me for our next episode of evangelism on fire.